Righteous, eternal Father, for the truth of the Scriptures, God. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I praise and love you, and I worship you, great God. Thank you. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, I'm turning to the book of Acts, fifth book of the New Testament. Each and every one that's here. Uh, 
appreciate the good extra effort we had from those this morning that came at 9 for practice and then 9.30 for prayer. Much appreciated. And then, of course, pickups were made. And here we are. All right. Acts chapter 16. Thank you, dear God. What a great God we serve. It's a lot of uh, action in this 16th chapter of the book of Acts. The apostles are busy, 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 I'll tell you that. And uh, you certainly read how that they were going around to the churches and getting them established in the faith. That is the congregations that were being established. And that uh, God was giving vision and direction and insight. And uh, Macedonia comes up on the radar screen. And then also we read about a certain woman by the name of Lydia and how that God performs open heart surgery. Isn't that nice? And she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul. How nice it is to pay attention to what the preacher has to say. You know? There's some people you can't tell them anything. Nothing at all. They've, they've got their mind made up. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. Well, that's definitely doesn't sound like a savable attitude to me. Isn't it a lot better in Acts chapter 2 when Peter had preached the first sermon on the first day of the only church that Jesus ever started for everybody? And in so doing... You know, excuse me. Good morning, Lily. God bless you. And so, anyway, uh, chuckle of the morning. There you go. Okay. Moving right along. Uh, how that Peter preaching that first sermon and coming to the conclusion of it, he told them, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the Spirit hath made this same Christ, or the flesh, both Lord and Christ, Messiah, anointed one. And then this is where the 17-plus nations, their representatives, cried out and said, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, you see, that's a savable attitude. That's somebody that's saying, Help me. What's the next step? What direction should I go? What would you have me to do? You know, um, I always remember years ago, Sister Alice using the phrase, mandate me, right? Wasn't that it? Command me, mandate me. Check my Spanish. You never know what you're going to run into. You know, we went to, a, to the new Publix coming in, which is closer to Belway, really nice. And... Uh, we're always looking for opportunity to witness, and the man that was checking our bags out, loading the groceries, he, uh, he was, I asked him if he spoke Creole, and he said yes, and uh, then I 
he got to talking because I had somebody there that speaks Creole and turned them over to him. You know, I'm I'm bitty bit right. I don't know how about a little bit. And uh, so then, uh, yes, it's raining. Praise God. So then the next thing, and God for the roof that's still holding. All right. And so then uh, I just thought I'd ask because I know that many Haitians also speak French. And so I asked him if he, parlez-vous français? Oui. Okay. Good. Good. So he starts rapping to the person I have with me that speaks French. The next thing I know, he's speaking Spanish. You know? And, uh, you know, the only thing I speak less, well, maybe a little bit more than Creole and French is just a tad more is my Spanish. So I was able to give him a few phrases and was feeling pretty good about it and knew to duck out real quick, though. <laughs> and, uh, but I, I got enlightened. Sometimes you learn things you don't know if you, you know, teachable. And uh, I didn't realize that down in Haiti they also learn Spanish along with the French Creole and the, and the French. So that was what they call a new wrinkle on my nose. And uh, we got to invite him to church, and, and it just was a cherry on top of the cake for me. I was, that made my day. I was very happy about that. Came home feeling really good. And uh, what the savable attitude. What would you have me to do? What's next? What's the next step? Teach me. Tell me something here. I'm, my heart is open to what you have to say. I want to be saved. Do you want to be saved? Yeah. I hope so. Because it's not going to happen by accident. It's not going to happen, happen because your mom and dad told you you were good looking. Okay? Or all the boys flock to you. Or all the girls flock to you. That's not going to save you. In fact, that might cause you to go to the wrong place. Okay. This isn't about flesh. This isn't about carnality. This isn't about the ways of the world. Okay? Everybody said amen? All right. God bless you. So it is written in the Bible, an individual made the statement in verse 30 of Acts chapter 16, verse 30, as the apostles were about the business of the Lord. Verse 30, and brought them out, that's the jailer, brought them out, that's Paul, Silas, and said, Sirs, what must I do? To be saved. Well, that's my first small subtitle. But then I really want to preach on what must I do to stay saved? Did that get through? Was that loud enough? Did that wake you up? Okay, then you can be seated. As long as I know you're awake, we're okay. As long as I know we're awake, we're okay. Got to switch the flip the switch there. Got to get the circuit going. Got to get alive here. I want I want you on the front burner. I want you on the back burner. I want you on the front burner. I want you to to take take things seriously, and nothing should be taken more seriously 
than your eternal salvation. This isn't, this isn't for a day. This isn't for a week or a month. Okay? This is for all of eternity. Think about, I, I said this to somebody just yesterday, I believe, and I, I said, think about Judas Iscariot, how a little too late, I'd say, he comes to himself, goes back to the scene of the crime, the betrayal, and says, I have betrayed the innocent blood. about that. Forgot my walking mic, sorry. Went back to the scene of the crime, the betrayal. Goes back to all his buddies. All the ones he made a pact with, all the ones he talked to, all the ones that he was planning the betrayal with, how it should be carried out. Oh, how they told him all the little details. Here's Jesus. He's opened blind eyes. He's raised the dead. He's cleansed the left. But he didn't hobnob. He wasn't going to all the big parties. He wasn't hanging out in different places where they, you know, were rich and famous. He went to the, the poor and the needy, the sick and the lame. He even said, I, I didn't come to ferret out the righteous. You know, he said, I'm, I'm looking for the unrighteous. I'm looking for people that know they need this. That they're not hypocritin. You know, they're not hypocritin. And uh, he said, I, I didn't come to find the, those that are whole or healthy. He said, I've, I've come to find the sick. I'm looking for the needy. I'm looking for people that are in deep need. And as so they didn't even know, apparently, what Jesus looked like. You know? We know what Artie looks like. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a nice head of hair. I like to snatch it right off the top. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's because I slapped the snot on him. That's why he's a good boy. Yeah, he got to keep him in line. Yeah. But anyway, you know, there's something about us that wants to go to the right and wants to go to the left. And... God forbid, sometimes we just want to go straight backwards. And uh, believe it or not, you know, we have, to, we have to help people stay on course, get on course. You've heard the term, no doubt, cracker. Right? Anybody's heard the term cracker? Come on, don't be a hypocrite. You know you call them that all, you bunch of crackers, you. There you do. I know I do. There I do. Especially when they drive too slow in front of me. Get out of my way, you cracker. <laughs> I'm, I'm about the king's business. I, I, need, I need haste here. You know? And uh, I'm, fam I'm telling you, I think I'm infamous for running that red light right down the street. I, I admit it. I confess to it. It's the longest light in Belgrade because the state set it in their little box there and because it's for school. But you see, there's only school crossing few little bits, morning and afternoon. But the light is set 24-7. So I can come at 3 o'clock in the morning to come pray, and they want me to sit down there, you know, for 10 minutes till that light changes to green. 
And I'm like, dude, I've got to pray. So I look all different ways. Number one, I don't see that sheriff. One day I saw three sheriffs. You know what they did? Like they were, go. <laughs> I loved it. I'm still operating on that instruction. <laughs> I, I was so glad to meet an honest person, you know. He was so disgusted himself. He knew. And so, anyway, I, I, I look all over and I check it out to make sa I have safety. And, and when I took driver's ed, God knows that was a long time ago, in, in high school, they called it your moral obligation. And they gave an example. They said, if you're, is this part of the Bible? When you're way out in the middle of the boonies and, and there's um, a red light, and I mean there's nobody for miles and miles and miles around. They said, stop, look in all directions, pay your moral obligation, and proceed cautiously. So I've always practiced that. <laughs> That's what I do. And uh, so I, my wife gets so mad and put out with me. I'm not going with you anymore. I'm going home. Take me home right now. I'll walk. I'll get out. I'll walk. <laughs> That's it. I want to go home. <laughs> and I want to go to church. So, you know, church trumps. Yeah, I got the trump card, right? And it's a sincere and a real thing. Some people play the God card and they're nothing but hypocrites. You know, they just, they, some people play the race card and they're nothing but hypocrites. You know, they just out for one guy they said wouldn't stand for the national anthem. He just wants attention, probably wants to get a bigger contract, you know. He don't care anything about America. He doesn't care anything about anything, you know. Not at all. He, he just wants notoriety. You know, they, they told me about a little six- or seven-year-old girl that, that, um, that she's, I guess, uh, in school, but maybe school is at home or something. I don't know because it's not around here. And um, I said that... Uh, Whoever was teaching her, she, she was not paying attention, not listening, not doing it. And so called the mother. And so the mother comes. Mother couldn't do anything with her. Gee, that must have been a new experience, right? Okay. Mommy couldn't do anything. The dear little darling brat. Okay. So next thing we know, they called dad. You know, dad comes in, hulking figure. And so finally the little child, little boy, little girl, whatever it is, Starts cooperating, you know. And I said, there's such a bunch of dummies. That's all the kid wanted the whole time was the attention. I got the teacher. I got, which is probably a family member. I got my mom to come, leave work. I got my dad to come and leave work. You know? That's all the kid wanted. You know what's sad, though, is that the, the brat median age for brat has gone up. Yeah. It, it, it goes up. It maybe start at 6 or somewhere around there. And then the next thing you know, they're 16. Yeah. And, and then, you know, then they're in their 20s. And then they're in their 40s. And we still got the same bratty attitude going on. Still want, I want attention. Look at me. You know? Well, number one, if you want attention, let's get attention from the right person. Get God's attention. Get God's attention. That's, that's the most important one's attention anybody could get. He can do more for you. What did one man say to the Lord? He said, um, he said, I've got a servant that's very dear to me. That's somebody I love. He said, I, I want you to heal him. 
And now this guy wasn't in the church. This guy was a, a rough Roman soldier of rank. He was a centurion. And uh, Jesus said, okay, I'll come. And he said, oh, no, no. He said, you don't need to come to my house. You don't need to do that. He said, I know how this works. He said, I'm a man that have people under me, and I tell them to go do, and they do it. And he said, but I'm also, oh, I like this balance. He said, I'm also a man who is under authority. And they say to me, do, and I do it. Jesus marveled. This guy's not even an Israelite. <laughs> He's not even one of the, the children. And he marveled at his understanding of how things work. You know, <clears throat> some of us have been around long enough, we ought to know how this works. And I don't mean that in a mechanical way. I don't like that at all. But I mean in a way of having understanding having insight, you know, that you, you've grown in grace and knowledge to the point that you're learning what you must do to be saved and to, more importantly, to stay saved. You can capitalize that. To stay saved. Now, if I go over the basics of what must I do to be saved, we're all going to raise our hands when I say believe, right? Hi. Is it working? Good. No deodorant? Don't worry about it. Okay. Air conditioning is working fine. Okay. And uh, I like Old Spice myself. Maybe because it starts over the word old. I don't know. But uh, uh, we're very happy for you, John Nisha, of the very unique accent to have you here this morning. And the children can go downstairs or stay with you, whichever you like. And we have, we have somebody here in the name of Pete that will escort. But anyway, uh, we will all agree that you have to believe. You have to believe. And uh, we've taught you over and over in a quick review, that believe is an action word or an action verb, okay? It is, it is not passive. It's not some kind of watered down, it's not supposed to be, some kind of watered down word that just means, I believe. You know, it's not weak. It's not anemic. It's not lame, okay? It is a powerful word. It means if I tell you the house is on fire and you believe me, you're going to do something. You're going to get up and you're going to get out of that burning house. Okay? You're not going to deal with it. You're not going to argue. You're not going to quarrel. Not if you believe. Not if you believe. And so it is. If you believe what the Word of God says, then you're, and there's a place called hell, and the people that are telling you we're going to party in hell haven't realized already that the party was canceled due to fire. There's not going to be any party in hell. Okay? The only thing you read about the guy saying hell is that the end of my tongue is parched and I'm in torment here. I, I, I just dip a finger in water touch the end of my tongue. I'm not asking for too much here. 
but actually he was asking for too much because once you're there, there's no prayer requests answered. There's nobody coming from there to here. No, 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 no. That's not going to happen. Not at all. And uh, so we're agreed. Got to believe. And believe is action. Believe God's word and his, the instructions of his word. All right. So main thing that his word says on what must I do to be saved is repent. We're good. Let's exercise. Right hand. Very good. Or left. I'm, I'm not prejudiced. Right or left. Okay. If you're really tired, just nod your head. It's okay. Just don't fall asleep. So we're going we're gonna to repent. And that, that's action. That means we're going to change, number one, our thinking pattern with the help and the grace of God. Okay? We're going to absolutely tell God that I don't want to live the way I've been living anymore. I want to I get off that path. I want to change my direction. I'm definitely heading to the wrong place, and I don't want to go to that place. So I'm turning around in my lifestyle, the way I'm living. Okay? Not going to be doing those things anymore. I'm definitely, by your grace, ready for a change. For the good. Not just change for the sake of change, but necessary change. And then, we're believing God's word that further says we're to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And it's for the forgiveness of all of these sins that we're repenting of. It's your part. Okay, very good. Very good. Okay, you've never worked so hard in Sunday school in all your life, have you? I've been being slack on you guys. I've been being too easy on you. And then, when Brother Mila puts you down on the water in the watery grave and buries your old, sinful, Egyptian, worldly nature, I've trained him well. He will bring you back up. We're batting a 1,000. In 42 years, I've never left anybody down there. But he brought him back up. And so we'll bring you up. And when we bring you up out of the watery grave, the old Egyptian sinful nature is buried. Okay? And what we bring up is you to be born again then of water. Coming up, you're being born again of water, which Jesus said you must do. Okay? Or you cannot see or enter the kingdom of God. Things you must do to be saved. So as we bring you up out of the watery grave, then the Bible teaches the heavens are opened over you as a candidate. And the next thing is to receive the gift, the free gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay. And the biblical sign of that you have received this gift of the Holy Ghost, which Jesus said you must receive, you must be born again of the Spirit, not just any spirit, but the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, Okay. I know people that claim they have spirit. Oh, they got a spirit all right. But ain't nothing holy about it. Ain't nothing clean about it. Ain't nothing godly about it. There's nothing obedient about it. You know? So you have to be specific. My wife said that she wants them to open a restaurant near that new Publix because it'll be close. I said, honey, just don't, don't just pray for a restaurant. She said, I didn't. I prayed for a restaurant that you would like. <laughs> I said, okay, thank you. I said, you do, have, you do have to be specific about these things, you know. Okay. You know, I'm not looking for uh, Arby's or, 
something like that, if you don't mind. Okay, one of those places. We've got those, right? We've got plenty of fast food joints. But anyway, I'm saying that these are the things we must do. Repent, believe, repent, be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. Be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Receiving this great gift of the Holy Ghost, we're specific. We want the Spirit of God. And upon receiving that, then we're born again in overall. We're born again of water and of the Spirit. Okay? Sometimes you've got to get the overall, put the subject matter together. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. That one baptism is made up of water and spirit. John 3 and 5. Everybody said amen? amen. Okay, good. So we're agreed on that. We know to do that, right? Is there anybody here that doesn't know to do these things? Wave at me. Okay. So I'm going to believe that you know. Okay. All right. Very good. And if, if, if um, as Jesus said, to some people that weren't obeying, he said, what's wrong? Don't you understand my speech? And I tell people, we'll give you the truth in four languages. I said, we can give it to you in Creole and French and Spanish. And I said, and a little bit of English. We struggle with the English, but we're working on it. Work with us. <laughs> so um, if I'm tripping over my English and you speak another language, we'll, we've got somebody that can help. And we'll, we'll get it worked out, okay? We want to get this to you. I'm trying to learn Hindi. That means, how are you? That means, I'm fine. And that's all I know. And then I walk into a store. I told you, I walk into a store. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, this is my chance. I'm going to debut with my, with my Hindi language. And the guy looks at me and goes, no. And I go, no. He goes, Bangladesh. I teach you Bengali. So now I'm trying to learn. I learned one word. Valo means good. That's all I know. I don't know. It's too hard. I'm, I'm having trouble with it. I need easy words. I need very biteable words. You know, see and no. I do those two real good. You know, I do that good. But anyway, I'm saying to you that we're going to try to more and more broaden our languages here and, and reach everybody everywhere. Somebody came through yesterday and was asking about our church. They saw the billboard. And uh, we get a lot of response from the billboard. We get a lot of response from our advertisement on the back of our vehicles. You'd be surprised. We get a lot of response from that. So be, a, be, be your driving billboard, okay? And there's no charge. I mean, I got to the place where I just give them to you. I give you the sign, and I give you the labor free. Put it on there. Let, let people see where you go to church. Wave, you know, who you are. People are lost. People are, let me tell you about a woman. I know I get off course a little bit, but at the crux of it all is salvation. And that is, we had a woman in Miami. Her name was Sister Haddad. Sister Haddad had some kind of aneurysm or tumor or something. And uh, she's an older woman. And uh, I don't know what age she was. I know she had a very, very rough life. I know her husband was a brute. And uh, I'm pretty sure there was at least four children. And uh, she had some kind of aneurysm or tumor or something, and it broke out right in her eye and above her eye, all swollen and disfigured. She could bring more children to Sunday school than she could fit in her vehicle. And she would have to call other sisters. I have witnesses here. She had to call other sisters in the church to come help me 
load the children. Bring them out to Sunday school. And then, if she couldn't get enough help, she'd bring them to her garage. And she'd teach them Sunday school in her garage. All with this big grotesque disfigurement on the front of her face. I remember being in a grocery store. Little, little local grocery store. And I had walked in. I was brand new in the Lord. I hadn't been in the church very long. And uh, I saw her online ahead of me. So I, and I didn't hardly have two cents to rub together. Bought, we bought our clothes at the, what you call the Goodwill back in those days. It's called the red, white, and blue. <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, but I spoke up and I said, to the cashier, I said, I'll, I'm going to pay for her groceries. And she wouldn't let me do it. Broke my heart. <laughs> she would not let me do it. And uh, I think she was ashamed. I don't know. I wasn't ashamed of her at all. And uh, she had the Holy Ghost. She loved God. And uh, so anyway, I was very privileged one day to get a phone call from my pastor. And uh, Sister Feld and I rode with he and his wife to the funeral, and I was a part of performing her funeral. I remember the Lord impressed me about the rich man. Oh, he was slick. He was smooth. But he was dead. came to pass that he died. That's all it says about him. He died. Until it tells you he lifted up his eyes in hell. But <laughs> the little woman with the grotesque deformity in the Bible termed Lazarus. In other words, the person that went to church, the person that did what they had to do to be saved. Angels came and carried her away. Big difference. Those would be holy and elect angels for your knowledge that came and ushered her away. Yeah. I don't know if they bring Rolls Royce or what. <laughs> I don't know. Chariot of fire. I don't know. But it kind of goes back to Enoch, you know. There's more than one Enoch in the Bible. But you know, it's the one that God took. <laughs> That's the one we're interested in. Oh, yeah. God just snatched him. One day God said, you come with me, buddy. You please me. Your speech pleases me. Your testimony pleases me. Your lifestyle pleases me. I've, I've let you live on earth long enough. I want you with me. So what must I do to be saved? We've covered it. You said acknowledge that you understand. Okay. 
Now you got to ask yourself this question. What must I do to stay saved? You know? Can I just sit back now and now that I'm saved and you know do nothing? Do I just ride the roller coaster? You know? Do I do whatever I want to do? Do I revert back to my old ways? Silly me, silly me, reverting back to my old ways. No, no, no. You don't want to do that. You, you wouldn't plant and go through. And Brother Weekly's done it many a time. The labor to get the land ready to plant the garden and then just plant all those beautiful seeds and the plants begin to grow, whatever you've planted, whether it's corn or cauliflower or whatever, lettuce, whatever it might be, and then just decide to, nah, I'm not going to work in the garden today. And today becomes the next day. And then like I've learned in trying to build a building, every Monday becomes a Friday and Every Friday becomes a Monday, and every Monday becomes a... I don't know what happens to Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They disappear. And uh, I think people have just learned how to get through the week without doing anything. And uh, how to slip around. How to hypocrite around that they're busy when they're not busy. And uh, so I'm beginning to hate the word pending. I've got so many things pending. About to lose my mind. And of all the things I've lost, it's my mind. I miss the most. And the mind is a terrible thing to waste. So anyway, you wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't do that because all the weeds would grow up in the garden, right? And in the weeds growing up in the garden, they would choke out any good fruit. And all that labor that you put into it, all that was invested in getting that plot of land ready. So, how much more so when the grace of God has appeared unto me and you, us, collectively, and we've been shown, and we, we know the truth, and we've done the steps, we've believed, and we've done those things, we believe to the saving of our soul. We got born again of water and spirit. Among the billions of people, God pulled us out of the world. So we got our little Enoch experience to a point. It's the little end of the stick, granted, because we've still got the big end of the stick to come, life eternal, and spend all of eternity and there's no all of eternity because there's no end to eternity with Jesus. Which brings me back to Lazarus. No, I'm sorry. brings me back to Judas. Pay attention. Keep me on point. Judas. Judas. I betrayed the innocent blood. Jesus never did me anything but good. The church was always good to me. And I, I betrayed. I'm a traitor. And all his buddies and all his friends 
Make sure you, you kiss him so that we'll know who he is. Because we're not sure who he is. And uh, he had a way of losing himself among the sick and the afflicted and the unrighteous people that need, needed him so much. Woman on a well, or at a well. Somebody that's just done it wrong. Go get your husband. Have no husband. You're right. You're telling the truth now. And I will get somewhere. You're coughing it up. Because you've had five, and the one you got's not yours. What are you doing with somebody that's not your husband anyway? So she didn't get mad. She didn't get offended. She didn't get ugly. He just coughed it up. Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Ding, 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 ding. You, get, you got that one right. Because yeah. he told her, he said, if you knew who you were talking to, well, that's the problem. That's the problem. Sometimes people don't know where they sit. You know, Be careful lest you wind up sitting in the seat of the scornful or the walking in the way of the sinner. You don't want to get in the wrong place. You want to get where you can be saved. And we can be taught what to do to be saved. And having done so, now you want to learn how to stay saved. How can I stay saved? I don't need, if, you know, I've said it many, many, many times, church, in 42 years here, okay, and 46 years overall, of all the things that we mess up, and oh, brother, do we mess them up. Of all the things that we mess up, don't mess this up. Don't mess this up. What did it say? Give the more earnest heed. That means shake yourself awake and pay attention. Yeah. Give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. We've already heard, but and continue. Let it be a progressive verb. I'm hearing all the things I'm hearing lest at any time I should let them slip. A little bit of ancient history. Years ago, all of this was just a, pa a cow pasture. This part was cut out. We built the building, 1975. And uh, that fell under my jurisdiction about six weeks after dedicating this building, which I was a part of my pastor and others, his son and others, Brother and Sister Kennedy and uh, Timmons and others. We, uh, brother, of course, Brother and Sister Weekly. And uh, so that became, I preached revival here and stayed because my pastor told me to. And uh, you see, I got the Holy Ghost. I could be told what to do. My pastor said, you, I want you to stay here. Yes, sir. I wanted to go to Miami. I wanted to, I wanted to work with my pastor. He said, "You gonna stay here and shine my shoes?" Where's Brother Colbert? <laughs> he said, "He said you gonna stay here and shine my shoes?" I said, "Yeah, I already had shined his shoes. I, I'd shine them right now. <laughs> you better believe I would." So, but I, you know, I'll do what you say. So we moved to Belgrade and uh, lived in a trailer. I lived downstairs during revival. And then lived in the trailer that was used for construction. 
my family and I, we lived there. And, you know, you learn to make the best of your situation. I knew one woman, married, kids, moved into a, a uh, Sunday school room, and uh, she wouldn't make the best of things. She lived in boxes. She refused to unpack. You know, God bless my wife, man. Wherever we were, she made a home out of it. You know, you can make your situation worse, or you can make your situation better. And uh, so, I... Uh, Came to Belle Glade, and somewhere along the line, began to work on cleaning up all that, should have been called a junkyard, not a cow pasture. Had every kind of thing dumped in there. All kinds of truck and car parts, and you name it, it was in there. And uh, we, we made a ball field, we made a park. I dedicated the park to our pastor, W.H. Dunn Park. Had a little sign made, I got some wood, stained it. I don't know, red stain, whatever it was. I don't even remember anymore what they call it. And uh, picnic tables is what you often did with it. And uh, I bought little letters and stuck them on there. And we put it up and had Brother Fadun stand there. We took pictures. And we had a picnic. We had a great day. Great day. Newspaper came out. We were playing softball. Oh, we're excited, right? I'm playing shortstop. First time the ball gets hit to me, whoo, right between my legs. Big old error. Oh, how we mess things up. Oh, how we mess things up. <laughs> oh, God. You know, whole, you feel like the whole world is there. No time to make an error. But, boy, I made one. What can I say? Oh, boy. So I'm saying to you that uh, we, we have a tendency to mess things up. And, and Judas comes out, throws the money. Oh, that seemed so important at the time. What, what seems so important to you? Is it money? Is it girls? Is it boys? Is it, is it uh, fashions? Is it parties? What's, what's got your attention? What's making you look right and look left? Trying to pull you back. Causing you in, in your, just like when I made that error, something distracted me. And I took my eye off the ball. And why the wandering eye, the wandering mind? And that's when things slip through your fingers. It goes in one ear and out the other. It's not giving the more earnest heed or hearing. You have an ear, let him hear what the Spirit hath to say. More earnest heed, powerful, earnest, powerful, really focusing, really paying attention because this is beyond important. This is eternal. This is where I'm going to be. Judas. Judas. We're living in the year 2016. Okay, so almost 2,000 years ago, Judas betrayed the Lord. And when he threw the money at their feet, you know what they, all his friends said? All the people he entered into 
negotiations with, people that gave him the money. They said, see to that. In other words, you take care of that. It's none of our business. We don't want nothing to do with it. We don't want anything to do with it. We don't even know you. That's right. We don't even know you. You're nobody. We've got to make sure our hands are clean. We've got to distance ourselves. We'll drop you like a hot potato. And Judas went out, the Bible said, and hanged himself. That wasn't enough. Satan wasn't satisfied. He wasn't satisfied. So he took Judas's body top of a mountain and threw him down headlong to where he split open like a, a melon on pavement. All his bowels gushed out. Welcome to hell, Judas. About 2,000 years it's been there. There's a song I told somebody, a wedding song. Some of you maybe know it. We've only just begun. <laughs> yeah, only just begun, Judas. The misery, the torment, the beaten with many stripes. You know, just taking the belt of your memory and just beating you, beating you, reminding you, you walked with him. You talked with him. He prayed for you. He loves you. And you betrayed him. You walked away from him. And now, the words come true. Jesus told Judas in that day, he said, that that thou doest, do quickly. And they asked him about Judas. And he said, been better for that man had he never been born. Welcome to eternity, where there's no end and there's no way out. So I, I bring you back to my question. It's not a rhetorical question. It's a very literal question. What must I do to stay saved? What must I do to stay saved? I got to stay saved. I got to stay saved. I gotta stay saved. I told an individual not too long ago, they were 80 pounds overweight. And I said, You gotta lose weight. Blood pressure's high. I said, You gotta lose weight. He said, You lose that weight, your blood pressure's gonna come down. And I'm I'm not a doctor and I'm a preacher, but I'm you know, I also love you and I, I don't want you to to be sick. Young, you're young. You know, get to work. Watch your diet. Do some walking. Whatever. But uh, lose some weight. For your health's sake, I speak these words. Because I care. Because I'm concerned about you. Well, how about spiritualizing that? I've got to stay saved. The Bible said lay aside every weight. And these sins with Dutch doth so easily beset or surround us. Oh, yeah. The enemy 
wants to surround you with all kinds of distractions, all kinds of people and things that want to destroy you. You know, I remember Franchette telling me that uh, she's very talented in her job. And uh, as I would expect her to be, she's very intelligent. And she's got the best handshake in the glades. And uh, I'm making her famous for it. I don't have to. I don't have to tell people her name. I just say, on your way out, shake that young woman's hand, because I've already told them I got somebody in my congregation to teach you how to shake hands. And they'll they'll shake her hand, then they'll look at me and they'll go. I go. Yeah. So anyway, she was telling me. She said, "Yeah, they, they want me to to move to Texas." Well, that got my attention right away. And um, she said, uh, "But I told them, no, I have a husband." have a husband and I have three children and um, and I'm waiting and 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 I have a church thank you <laughs> the church so she said no no I'm, I'm not going to do that there should be I'm trying to say things that mean more to you than you yourself. One mother told me, I have too much to lose to mess around with any of these things. Too much to lose. Too much to lose. We all, if we have done what is necessary to be saved, and we all have too much to lose. Okay, too much to lose. If you're even coming to the truth, just getting the knowledge, the, the grace of God that brings salvation is appearing to you and you're, you're getting the, the insight to it, you have too much to lose. When the seed fell on the wayside, they had too much to lose and they didn't realize it. And boy, the dive bombers, here come the buzzards of hell, snatching that seed. You know? Just go out the door when we get out of here today and back to the old lifestyle and forget all about what was preached. The enemy just taking that seed. Bible said they believed for a while. They, there was a belief in place. They were being convinced and persuaded by the Word of God, and they were about to act on it, about to, about to go to repentance, go to Jericho, go knock down the walls. But there come the buzzards of hell and snatch that seed away. And then there's this, when the, good, the seed, the good Word of God, the preached Word of God, fell on the stony ground. We had a guy in Miami, his name was Stoney. Remember him? That was a good name because I think he was always stoned. And I'm serious. And uh, he, he looked like years of abuse had taken their toll. He was still living at home with his mommy. You know. And just pitiful case. But here come church. And whole environment there, 
seed fell upon the stony ground, in his case, literally. But that's where the Bible said it, it didn't get much deepness of earth. Couldn't get down in there. And uh, believe for a while. It was doing its job. The action was building. But because it had no depth of earth and the begin to sprout up, the Bible teaches that the burning heat of the day, the sun, smote it and it withered away and it died because it had no depth of, depth of earth. It couldn't get the root down there to get the tap root to get to the water to sustain it. Just what we call top minner. Just kind of laying on the top. So that was the end of that. And then the third case of the four, the third case was the good word of God. Same word, same seed, same message. Fell upon the thorns or among the thorns. Now the thorns, they were actually, those that, that word that fell among the thorns actually was producing fruit. But the thorns choked it. You know, the enemy comes, and he will come in force. And he will grab you by your throat or your heart. And he will choke you. He will choke out the Word of God. He will choke out church. He will choke out God's love in your life. He will choke out your enthusiasm and your zeal and He'll come by all of your, your senses, your five senses. He'll come in through your eyes. He'll come in through your ears. He'll come in through taste. He'll come through touch, feel, sense, sense of feeling. He'll come in. Yes, he will. Those are all carnal avenues that he exploits. To choke out the Word of God in your heart and in your life. And here it was. It was producing fruit. And it was choked out. And thankfully, we come to the fourth case. Is it cold? A little bit? Just a little bit. 72 ought to do it. Thank you. We'll try to split the middle and those are cold get warmer and those that are hot will Hopefully stay cool. Tolerably cool. Okay. God bless you. So, you know what they say, you can't, you can't please all the people all the time. So we try to please some of the people some of the time. But you know what? I'm not exactly here to please. I'm here to save. Yeah. And so sometimes, I uh, had a procedure done the other day. What's the big deal, you know? They put a little, give you a little shot. Nothing, right? Big boy, that don't bother you. No problem at all. I had a man here in this church years ago. <laughs> big old guy, right? He went to the doctor here in Belgrade. And they drew some blood. Next thing you know, he was out cold on the floor. <laughs> he couldn't take the sight of blood. <laughs> big old guy, man. Tough, tough, tough guy. But the sight of blood knocked him out. Well, you know, I had a procedure done. 
He said, look at me, son. He propped my eye open. He took a needle and put it in my eyeball. That's so fun. Not even thinking about that is fun. I told the doctor, I said, you know, that wasn't so bad. I said, once you get past the psychology of it, I said, but just a thought, I said, put a needle in me anywhere, but not my eye. <laughs> you know, that is not an egg. That is my eye. <laughs> you know, you know. Well, the other day, I'd gotten, I'd gotten in bad shape. And uh, during the time the Timmonses were here, you probably saw me sitting here with dark shades in church, but the light was killing me. And uh, I don't know what happens. You get light sensitive. I don't know. And I'm not complaining, church family. I'm just stating a fact. And uh, God is my healer. That's the truth. And I, uh, but I do believe faith and works. And I'm, so you all with me are the faith side and, and uh, the doctors, the work side. And so, uh, boy, he worked me over. And, uh, but less than an hour later, I was good. Everything's fine, and I've been maintaining it, keeping it good till I have to go back again, which gives us time to pray. And I keep reminding God, you know, right over here, you saved me $12,500 to put in the building program because you healed me. So it's just from here to here, y'all. It's, it's not big. I, uh, you know, I've heard it said, I, I mean, I was taught by my pastor, and I teach it, that if you need a nickel, God will give you a nickel. He'll meet your need. And if you're real good, he might give you an extra little bit. You know? So they gave me my, I'm standing there, you know, just knees knocking because they're going to give me uh, my credit score. And I'm like, oh, God, you know, this is going to be really bad. They're going to tell me, you might as well go right out the door, pal. 798. I was like, I told, I told the people in there, I said, stand up. And I told the salesman, I said, stand with me, please. And I raised my hand. <laughs> I said, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, the two of them looked at me and they said, that's good, huh? And I said, oh, that's very good. They said, I said, I'm not sure. I said, but I think 800 is the best. I said, Maybe the Lord wasn't quite happy enough with me. He's getting my attention. He didn't give me the last two points. I don't know. <laughs> I said, but I'm, I'm going to be thankful. I'm going to be thankful. I'll take 798. Amen. If he wants to give me that, that, throw in the other two, that's okay too. <laughs> I'm sure he would if I need it. And, uh, but I know one thing. They were talking, you might get this. When we came back with a credit score, it was signed here. Yeah, it was signed here. This, I told him, well, I charge my signature. It's like Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, you know, that, you have that. I get rebates. I only had to sign about 16 times. I mean, you know, come on, let's help a brother out here. But uh, I'm simply trying to say that I think I am, that uh, uh, back to our, this guy lost in all of eternity, and it's memory beating him over and over and over. You had your chance, you had your chance, you had chance after chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity. So I'm saying to you, I must stay saved. I get saved. I'm in the church. I got to stay in the church. I'm in the spirit. I got to stay in the spirit. Stay in the spirit. 
I don't want to get distracted and make errors. One place said, do not err, my beloved brother. Do not err. There were people that said, they're going to go here, and they're going to go there, and they're going to do this, and they're going to do that. Ain't nobody going to tell me. You know the devil loves it when people feed on his spirit of rebellion. You know that's why he's doomed. Yeah, that's why he wants people because it's all over for him. And he, his, his eternity is sealed. And he only has a little time. And he's raging. He's roaring. He's mad. He's provoked. He's wroth, the Bible says. And he's, he's going to and fro throughout the whole, whole earth, seeking whom he may devour. And uh, so he's, he's very upset because he, it's all over for him. And I told you the Bible doesn't always say things the way we want it to say it. You know. But it certainly teaches that misery loves company. And uh, Satan is miserable. And he wants company. Hell and the grave are never satisfied. Hell has moved itself. Hell is very mobile. And it's moved itself to meet you at your coming. Just like an outfielder getting under a fly ball. Hell has moved. Don't catch you. Or like a fisherman with his net. He's moving that net. He's Hell is on the move and wants to get you. You're the one that's in the crosshairs of the scope. You're the target if you know what to do to be saved. And much more so if you know what to do to stay saved. How did it say it in one place? Therefore, thou art inexcusable. Okay? Sometimes I have to call people in my office and I have to take away their excuses. Take away their excuses. Yeah. Sometimes I have to tell them, you know better. You have no excuse. You know better. You've been taught. You've been trained. You've been told. And on top of that, you've been prayed for. You know. You've had so many advantages brought your way. And the devil just wants to inflame you. He wants to puff you up like a puffer fish. You ever see a puffer fish? Little skinny thing, and then it gets like us at midlife crisis. Blows <laughs> up. Oh, yeah. My wife gets upset because she went through the menopause, and she couldn't be satisfied. She had to go through it again. But that's what stress will do for you. 
And then our joke is stress. What's that? No clue. Everywhere I go, they tell me, avoid stress, preacher. I hear you. Yeah. That's like the matador trying to avoid the bull. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yep. I always tell everybody, you know, how to spell stress, and they look at me, and they're thinking S-T-R-E-S-S, and I'm saying, no, P-E-O-P-L-E. People. I saw one nurse that, and she said, you're right. I said, lady, I know I'm right. <laughs> I said, that's another one of my problems. I'm always right. I keep telling my wife that. Somebody's got to do it. It's a, it's a tough job. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. So, you know, sometimes we have to take away the excuses. You know? But if we could get that mandate me attitude, tell me. Bible was loaded with, he commanded them. The, the, the not just Jesus, not just the Spirit of the Lord of the overall of the Old Testament, but the apostles, the pastors, they gave commandment to do everything. Because we love. Because we want you to be saved. Because we see the bridges out. There's a great chasm between heaven and hell. We want you to we want you to make it. We want you to dance on the I, I don't want to dance here. I'm not talking about church dance. I'm not talking about Holy Ghost dance. You know, we used to have a guy here, we labeled him Brother Dance, and he'd do all his garbage until some of our people started shouting and then he And I was like, Yeah, see when the real thing comes, friend, the fake melts away. Like a snail in the sun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better believe it. One of our ladies comes out of the pew like a whirly bird, man. I want you to know. <laughs> Devils are, are getting casted out. The enemy's running. He don't know what to do with that. Amen. Amen. I was trying to move Altez one, one night so his wife could get out in the, in the aisle and shout, Well, that dude's strong. That, his arms are going like he does, and he clipped me. And I thought, okay, I'm going to back up a little bit. We'll get out of that circle right there. We'll give him some space. Give him some space. He's slapping the snot out of the devil, and that's not me. So I'm going to step over here with the angels. <laughs> Amen. But the real thing is what we have. And to appreciate that, to embrace that, to be persuaded of that, to recognize our heavenly opportunity that we have and to be happy and excited and to have a change of heart for the good. I was a very, very, you know what they said about Israel, the rabbi said about Israel? He said when Israel was good, he said they were very, very good. He said, but when Israel was bad, he said Israel was very, very, very bad. Sounds like us, doesn't it? <laughs> and uh, I was lost. I was rebellious. I was very, very rebellious. And uh, But when I got in the church, 
that rebellious spirit went out. All that stuff, disobedience, rebellion, pride, all that stuff was casted out. I wept and cried and shouted and spoke in tongues. And, and friend, I, my whole life was set in order to go to church and help any way I could. <laughs> the weekly to tell you, over there on that wall in Miami, only the building actually would be facing the other way. But I would sit right on the front row, front seat. But the minute church was over, I would jump up, I'd open that breaker box, and I'm, Eddie, I'd open the breaker box, and I'm flipping switches. And finally, my pastor said, you know, we might want to let them fellowship a little bit before you turn the lights out. So I said, okay. Flipped them back on. Went and did something else. But I just wanted to be doing. I wanted to be doing. What must I do to stay safe? What must I do to stay safe? I'm in the church. I want to stay in the church. I'm in the spirit. I want to stay in the spirit. Okay? You want to fight? Fight for that. Fight for your salvation. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't fight me. Don't fight the angels. Don't fight God. You know? I'll tell you what. An inspector told me one time. It was when we bought the South Bay building, and he uh, showed up out of the blue. They didn't even have an inspector in South Bay in those days, but they farmed him out from Belglade, and uh, he came over to South Bay, and he came in, and I had some guys putting some stuff on the, this, this is paneling wood, but over there we had this stuff called Lincrista, and you had to, like wallpaper, you had to put a glue and put that stuff right over it. And you only had so much time. And the guy was applying it. When he came in, the inspector said, stop. And the guy <laughs> froze, you know. And so I said, what's wrong? Now, the building over there was a, a rat's nest. I mean, it had holes everywhere. That's because the city owned it. You know, the city can do whatever it wants, which just means it, it doesn't have to do anything. You know, they... They can make the rules up as they go along and sign papers and whatever. And uh, so I, um, I said, well, what's wrong? I said, this place of rat's nest. I said, I'm fixing it up. I'm making it nice. I'm making it better. I'm improving it. So he goes over to the wall, a solid block wall, and he slaps it. You got to have three-quarter inch. It's not drywall, the other name. Some other name. What is it? No, it wasn't sheetrock. I know sheetrock. See, it's a word that we don't normally say. We say sheetrock and we say drywall. Whatever it was. It was something. I'll think of it later. It has to make an orbit now, and it'll come back around, and I'll probably wake up sometime this afternoon from a power nap, and, and it'll hit me, and I'll get it. But anyway, whatever it was, and he said it, and I, I looked at him. He's the inspector. And I said, that's what that is. And he went, oh, okay. He goes, you can go back to work now. He said, get me some plans drawn up for my file cabinet. And he said, we're fine. So I had to go out and spend close to $1,000 to get some plans drawn up for him to put in the file cabinet, for which he subsequently turned around and got fired. So like I told a banker the other day, they want paperwork. And I said, 
can't you just give me another 30 days or so? You know, you could save me a lot of money on insurance if you do that. And I brought her. I, I wanted to make it object lesson, real simple. So I, the singers can go up. Go ahead, because I'm going to finish. Um, I, I brought the little green houses from a Monopoly set. I used to play with the kids, and I called them little new churches, new field works. And then I gave them the, the uh, big red ones, which in Monopoly they call hotels. I called them grand churches. And so I brought three little green ones and two big red ones. And I said, you have three of our properties. I said, if you'll, that's the green ones, if you'll let them loose and give them back. I said, I'm giving you two big red ones in exchange. So you're getting more value than you have. But you're saving me all the insurance that I have to pay on these little green ones. And so she said no. I'm like, okay. Okay. I said, listen, you've heard of City Place? She said, yeah. I said, City Place has all these papers you want. They have the best CPAs and lawyers. And City Place is in foreclosure. I said, you want the paperwork? Well, you want the payment made on time. I said, we make our payment every month and half for years. I said, and you want paperwork? Didn't make a dent. Didn't make a dent. You know what they say about underwriters? They have tunnel vision. So what can I say? So the inspector, I guess, had tunnel vision. And, uh, but you know, the Lord bless. He moved on. He got fired. He's out of here. And uh, we finished the building and dedicated it and have used it all these years. So I'm saying reality begins to set in, church family. And there'll come a day of reality. There came a day for Judas and others, unfortunately. Let your day of reality <laughs> be what Sister Cannon dreamed when God showed her. Showed her laying in the bed and her spirit coming right up out of her body, going heavenward. Oh, God. Let that, what did one writer say? Let that be my lot. Let that be my end. Yes. Let the angels, preachers I've known of, and angels came like Sister Haddon and took them. Let's stand together, shall we? What must I do to stay saved? I think I'm going to, I'll try to state it so that I'll put myself on the spot. I'm going to have something typed up and bring you a written lesson next week. I hope this means you'll show up and not be absent. And I'm going to try to enlarge on this and give you something in a file folder. What must I do to stay safe? Let's go to heaven, Belgled. Let's go to heaven. Amen. Let's take our spouses with us. Let's take our children with us. Let's do that. Everybody said amen. amen. Give God a big hand, will you? Thank God and thank God. All right.
Everybody said, God bless the offering. Charge. God bless the offering. In Jesus' name. Oh 